experience and what my observation of watching them, not only as a person, a human being, but as my duty as a corpsman, because my sole responsibility is, you know, keep an eye at them, you know, like they, they say in the saying, you take care of your guys, they're going to take care of you. And, exactly. uh, and there is, I mean, there's, I, I saw a lot of changes. And then one thing that crossed my mind a lot about the, these, the Marines uh, from one eight, uh, uh, all throughout the whole uh, battalion, not just my company. Um, I was more of the older since this was already my, my, my second, you know, tour of duty. And so I was, to me, being old in infantry division, I was probably like 24, <laughs> 24, <laughs> 25, right? But most of these guys and, you know, these Marines are about 19, 18, right. you know, 20. And, and, you know, as a, as a corpsman, you know, I always felt, you know, you got to keep your, 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 your sense together, you know, keep your bearings straight, you know, things happen, you know, you got to be straight. You got to be, you got to be the one that, you know, they could look up to you and then say, you know, things going to be all right. Cause doc's not tripping. He's not, he's, he's right. not, you know, he's okay. He's over there telling, Hey, it's, you'll be all right. Fucking, you know, um, but, oh yeah. A lot of things that, that crossed my mind is, 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 uh, uh, what, what all these Marines went through. And, and plus a lot of, uh, the leadership that I, when I was with one eight, um, as far as commander Jaddick, who was our battalion commander who went on to, uh, write a book and it was called on call in hell oh yeah and it's basically uh, you heard about it yes I did. okay yeah and yeah so basically for those who don't know it was about a uh the doctor his his experience in through fallujah with uh with one eight and what he went through as far as personally and professionally um uh, pretty good book uh, i've read it and uh it yeah it's sticks with me and you know it it does and um, a lot of guys and also i want to uh, say you know people like uh h1 who is now chief probably retired now well he's a doctor now i i, I really stay away from social media and stuff like that i just you know kind of but uh last time i seen him he was a doctor dr brian zimmerman and but at, at the time of one eight he was our he was our leading uh petty officer Wow. And, you know, leadership like that, like he was one of the type of guys that loved to educate us, you know, loved to teach. The same thing was with Commander Jaddick. And, and I think most of most of everybody, most of the art, a lot of corpsmen, of it, we always, you know, we always try to question, you know, like or quiz each other. You know, hey, do you know how to do this, this and that? Uh, and if you didn't know, come on, let me show you. And that's basically overall, it makes me think that's how basically overall how it was as being a corpsman in the Navy. Most of the experience was on the job training, especially when I did it with my first command, you know, everything was, you know, I showed up, <laughs> That's, I showed up and, uh, this is another story. And somehow I ended up in OBGYN. And oh, wow. From, <laughs> oh yeah. Good <Lord>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I showed up. I showed it was about like, uh, let's see. Cause I joined in May, 2001 and I went to the boot camp over in, uh, Great Lakes, Illinois. Oh wow, yeah. And did my ace, and I, yeah, and they did my ace school there too. And really? so, yeah, so around July through November, because it's a fourteen week, you know, uh, medical school basically. You know, teach you all the basics and everything. And um, when I showed up for my first duty, oh yeah, I was. Oh, it was my first duty. I didn't know. I I 
think they must have mistaken my name as <laughs> Christina. Oh man. Oh, yeah. Man. Cause when I showed up, I remember I showed I remember showing up and showed up to the quarter deck. Uh I did what I had to do, just an Adam, you know, uh hospital recruit radar uh reporting for duty. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, you just show up over here with Chief Chuck to Chuck to Chief. I think it was Ecker or somebody at the time. <laughs> and I remember they're looking at me and overall they're just looking at me, looking at my orders. So I'm like, Do you have somebody in the Navy? Do you have uncles? Yeah, you, you have family? It's like, no, she's like, ha, ha, ha. okay, well, I need you to report to the women's health. He said women's health center. So oh. women's health center. So you're going to go down here, take this, take a ride in the hallway. You're going to pass CSR, uh, take a, take a right when you hit CSR. You're going to say across the building, across the way, you're going to see internal medicine. On the other side, that's where you're going to go. And then I, and I remember he didn't say any OBGYN. He's just like, this is, that's where you're going to go. So to me, it was probably a surprise or something. Right. But I remember showing up, looking, all right, okay, eternal meds. And they had these, the walls, they were all windows, you know, or, or clear glass, you know, windows, paint, or whatever you want to call it, panels. And I look to the left and I look and I see all the seatings around and I see nothing but women. And then I look up, OBGYN. I was like, oh man, I started sweating. <laughs> I remember going in and then, uh, reporting, and I remember when they told me it was like, "Hey, oh, who are you, are you here to see your wife?" Or you know, I said, "No, I'm I'm the new corpsman and a new guy." And so much, oh man, I don't. I remember begging my chief, "Please, chief, get me out of here." I would do. I work in. I work in the OR. I work psych. I do the twelves. I do anything, please. <laughs> Finally, they did. I had a chance, so I did about nine months with OBGYN, and at the time. This was right after 9-11. The Navy had a, a, a very low, uh, I, I would say they had a low, they didn't really have enough personnel as far as cover, as far as uh, master of arms. Okay. You know, they didn't have enough uh, Navy police, you know, MPs. And, um, and at the time, I believe they were, they, were, they were looking for people so bad that if you converted, if you, if you transitioned to one, um, uh, one, one rating to another, oh, well, one rating into the master of arms that all you had to do, oh, this was the stories that all you had to do is just write your name in the test and blah, blah, blah. And you know, you'll pick up E4, no problem. So <laughs> that was, that was how bad they were. They needed people over. And this was over in a Naval air station, Jacksonville, Florida. And it was a pretty big, pretty, pretty big station right by the St. John's river. And, and, oh yeah. And from there I did, uh, that's when I Mm. I kind of my first experience with other people because our instructors were Marine for the uh, auxiliary security force. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I did that whole good two week training, you know, and, and um, then I did a lot of guard watch, watch, you know, uh, river watch, uh, gate watch, oh, a lot, a lot of fun times, a lot of fun times. I met, I met a really good friend of mine too. Uh, or, and he was a corpsman too, uh, Jacob Longoria. Oh. I met him because he was from Houston also. And then that's where I met him. And that's how kind of, I kind of got the, I guess I would say he kind of winged me into, cause he, he already came from, from, from second Marine division. He was with, uh, if I believe he was with three, eight, I'm sorry, Jacob, if, if I said it wrong, it was three, eight, uh, one of those brothers, one of, one of, one of the sisters, up, 
Oh, one of his right. sister's battalions. And 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 he was already, you know, he he'd been to Kosovo, sort uh yeah, I believe Kosovo, and uh and he told me about those times and everything and how, how it was with division, you know, especially as a corpsman. And he told me, you know, things like, you know, hey, you wouldn't have a problem this now. You 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 seem, you know, seem pretty level headed, you know, you're not, you know, the uh, I was I came, well, see my background, I did I played a lot of basketball all growing up. So I was basketball track runner so me running it was nothing yeah i'll run i'll run, <laughs> I'll run. I, I boxed even boxed a little you bit don't admit that. a lot of basketball players don't want to say they like to run so that's a that's yeah a, that's an oxymoron for the well well that, that, that intelligence right there thanks thanks <laughs> to coach price and, and the coaches going to park you know there was i couldn't play they wouldn't let me play uh football and because you know during the time that they wouldn't as, as a basketball player and and Maybe in main, main, one of the main ones, they didn't want me getting hurt. So I had to either do uh, basketball, and then when that was off season, the only thing I could have done was track. So, oh, was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but after that, I, I, that's when I went over to, uh, to division. And that's when I got my orders up in uh, December 2003. And I had to go through field medical. Uh, service school what i think they call it now field medical service technician school and yes. th this is was over in um uh, camp johnson camp johnson over in north carolina and it was right right next door to camp lejeune and i did that uh the only memory i have well, <laughs> that comes up to mind that it was cold and miserable uh you know me being from the south <laughs> and coming from florida you know and then i transitioned i went through the whole training during january all the way through march so i hit the real I, I i can say that there's a lot of people that dropped out a lot of people dropped out you know hypothermia you know cold injuries um but i was one of those ones i was just you know i kept going because the way i looked at things i was like hey we're all in the same boat we're all in the same shit. it sucks oh yeah it sucks but I'm glad you're here with me. So we'll make it sucks. We'll get through this. We'll get through it together, you know. And that was the main the mentality usually right. that I that I did to push through all those times. Um, I mean, you went through. I mean, the training is one thing, but that prepares you for something that you really didn't understand. You probably didn't understand what you were getting into when you got to Iraq and right. You got on the 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 action platoon. You were on there with the Iraqi police, and then you went into the battle for Fallujah. I was at the first side of Fallujah in uh, the mm -hmm. first part of 04, probably uh, was it April? April yep. when we we first okay. stormed, uh, we first stormed Fallujah and yep. we got called back because of you know it wasn't what we were supposed to be doing at the time, basically. And uh, yeah, yeah, our fight went to Ramadi, Iraq, and I was with two four Marines, the magnificent bastards at the time, great dudes, uh -huh. great bunch of dudes. Uh, it took a lot of getting used to fighting with Marines at that time. I mean. I mean, you understood being a Navy guy going in and fighting with the Marines, but fighting with Marines is a, a totally different ballgame, especially for an Army dude. Okay. okay. You train one way, they train with a totally different mentality. It's a. I, I heard stories. Velocity of fire and grenades first and then kick doors and stuff. But yeah, we learned on the fly how to fight together. And Ramadi exactly. was a hellhole. And we knew when we left, we left around September, right? When uh, you, I uh, think uh, you just got wounded just before that, uh, July. Yeah. July. July 15, 15, right. 
Yeah, we yeah, that's when we got hit. We got I was we were I was part of a combined action platoon with right. weapons company. And and you know what's weird? I I try to look for stuff online, anything to have to do with uh in 2004 with Haditha and all that. Yeah, I can't find anything. I do find some little uh maybe publications about the right. program and I do find a lot with 34 and um but that there, we stayed. I, we stayed in that police station for. See, we got there in June. We probably were forced to leave around, right? I would say around September. So we were, we were there for a good at least three months, over more three months, just living there. And uh, we got, uh, we, I would say we, we all got to personally experience, you know, some of their cultures, you know, their food. Right, because you know? of course we got tired of the MREs, and and they told us the army they, they told us don't eat their food because they the, the fertilizer they use is human mm. feces. Don't yes. don't eat it. And we didn't. We gave it was probably like thirty eight of us, forty including Captain Keneally and uh, our gunny Collins, Gunnery Sergeant Collins, and so they stayed with us at the police station, which is pretty pretty cool. Is you know it shows like you know hey our our captains here, our leadership's here, you know, they're staying, they're here with us, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, we got tired of, of MREs and we finally like, Hey, you know, let's, let's get these guys. I think we gave them at least 10 bucks and we'll come back. One of the lieutenants, well, we used to give it to one of the Lieutenant Abdul. I believe his name was Abdul or something. And he'll come back, give him 10 bucks. He'll come back with a carton and he'll have, Oh man, really delicious two roasted chickens. <laughs> and then inside of it, it had their vegetables. I, I, I would bread. say yeah. pita bread. Oh, yeah. two slabs, Hell huge yeah. slabs of lamb. Huge. Oh, hey, there, I have pictures uh, in one of our yearbooks where we like we made a taco, and they weren't they weren't <laughs> really sure. Texas, yeah, Texas man, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you know there there's there's no utensils there. Everybody right. eats with their hand, you know, <laughs> the right hand or with with the pita, and you grab and and. Well, we were so used to tacos. So we, what we did, you know, when they literally, when they looked at us, they looked at us like we we're crazy. Like what? Oh, well, you know, probably gluttony or something. Look at these guys. That's no wonder why they're so obese. <laughs> but we were just stacking it. Uh, Mrs. Dash, because we always had Mr. Mrs. Dash. Yeah, Dash. Pour it in. Taco. I had. We have one of our, our picks. I think it was clean. He was holding the taco, and I was in the back. You know, my tall ass, and then. I had the the chief police chief here, and then one of the the uh, uh, the members, the, the I would say clergy members, but um, but yeah, we were there, and then it was man. Well, after and then and then going back as a corpsman, and what I saw after we got hit by the VBID was I saw it changes like I. Uh, even one of the other corpsmen I was with there, uh, Sutton, uh, at, at the two years, ancient two Sutton. And he was looking at me, he was telling me, look, you see, go, I want you to go check out and go look at, go look at, I think it was clean. I, I think it was clean. So go look at him, go see, go look where he's at. And see, so he said, that's, that's, that's a sign of like, and at the time we called it shell shock. You know, we weren't really PTSD in those terms yet. You know, it was 2004. Yeah. That wasn't. And, and, yeah. And so we went in and, and I looked at him, seen him, and he was, you know, kind of like we're in more of a safe place, like almost where it used to be a closet. And he's in there, and he just looks pale white, eyes open. And it's like, oh, okay, all right, I, I see, I see, I see. 
and then that's when I started seeing changes, man. Every, you know, everything from since, from everything from, uh, I can't do with this, but an empty bottle. Right. When you, when you crush it, it sounds like an AK. You right. know, someone told me like, <laughs> everybody jumps, everybody's jumping, and then everybody gets mad. Boxing again. Why? Why? You know. And and since we lived in the in the police station, uh, we heard a lot of like the, the, the jail cells and everything, they were all downstairs and we were upstairs. And there was a lot of like man slamming, a lot of I mean, these there's one time I had a door watch. I was, had my I was in door watch, and then I just seen a bunch of uh uh the Iraqi police come out from the bottom and they came out and we just gave them <laughs> we gave them some asps, you know, those asps. Yeah, hell so, yeah. So, so them was brand new to them. So they're <laughs> they, you saw all of them come out. Something they had captured some guy. I don't know too much, too much of the detail of it. You know, I was just like, man, you know, at the time, I was like, fuck, fuck that motherfucker. You know? So, you know, but they said, hey, doc, I need you to come here and uh, I need you to uh, help this guy. I think his arm's broken. They, they just beat the crap out of him and shit. And I said, yeah, you know, I fucking heard. I heard it from all the way here. The guy's, it sounded like the guy was like suffering. Like, like, man, it was, I never heard a man like whine, like cry like that, man. It was crazy. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah. And I remember going in there and we were like, almost like an interrogation room. And, and I remember the interpreter, interpreter was there. Uh, my captain was there and I had my other, one of the other uh, Marines there. I forgot who it was, but I remember just saying, I, was, I looked at his arm and it was, it was an open fracture. And I told him there's not much that I can do. He needs to go to the hospital. I can splint it. I can mobilize it, but there's nothing much that I can do here. And then and I was like, okay, we'll just do that anytime. And at the time, uh, uh, I'll never forget this, but this guy, he looked, he looked like a big old husky guy, you know, and he was just laughing. Ha 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 ha. He said something. A lot of Malaki, you know, Meriki. And then, and then, like, chocolate. Uh, yeah. And the interpreter is <laughs> looking. And he's like, Captain goes, What do you say? He says, Well, you call this democracy where the Iraqi police beat us and the U.S. treats us. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> didn't really, it didn't really process. I was like, oh, well, because it, it was still early. You know, it was about 2004, and there's, you know, so much going on. And you were still young, young in the service and a much. Yeah. Yeah. Things you went through just prior to our um, retaking of Fallujah, I guess we'll call it at this point. I don't yeah. want to call it an yeah. invasion. It wasn't really an invasion. It was a, a taking over, taking back of what should have been rightfully the people of Iraq's in the yes, we yes. freed them of the oppression of uh, basically ISIS in Iraq at the time, or Al Qaeda, Al -Qaeda in Iraq at that time. Actually, yeah, yeah, was, I, yeah. Uh, Zarqawi was in charge. Zarqawi, that, that was yeah. the main guy. Zarqawi was the main guy. And um, after we after we disbanded the Capitoon, um, I went and helped uh, one of my uh, one of my other corpsmen, and he was he was dealing double shifts. Because we had a, with a mobile soap platoon, yeah, two sections, and he was doing one section and having to go out because you know how we would rotate one, right. one, one, one section stays QRF, the other one goes out for two weeks at a time or how many days? It's just you know, yeah, and um, and we did it. I I, I ended up helping it out because when we came back to the dam, which we were stationed at the Haditha Dam by the Euphrates. By the way, it's it's man, the river is beautiful, dude. 
Yeah. It is beautiful. Actually, at the dam, at the dam, uh, it's hard to explain the what it looks like based on our experience. Both of our experience there is uh-huh. combat related. So if we speak about something being beautiful in, in combat, we're like, oh, something's wrong with you. Yeah, something is wrong with us. <laughs> it's not the recollection of what we saw. The recollection of what we saw, the Hadith, the dam, that whole area is beautiful. And it was a combated, that was a contested area to hold the Hadith, oh, yeah. there, oh, yeah. the dam area. You yeah. guys were there. We were there prior to you with our uh, with our armor guys. Mm-hmm. And the fighting there was constant. And uh, mm-hmm. those, they always the enemy always wanted to take that dam because it was a, obviously a strategic point. Yeah. And when you guys took over, it was just something something new for you guys to do yes. for your your uh, mission set basically. And yes. It was a little tougher. Yeah. Than well, what we, What you thought would it be? Yeah. When when we got there, a lot of. Uh, we were mostly, I was mostly at the police station. So I had little knowledge of what was going outside. Even whenever we, we've got attacked with the, uh, with a car bomb that day, the VBID attack, it, it took, it took them because this happened like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, uh, over in the main market area, right in front of the police station. Good thing with the guy, one of the Marines that he was up there, he, he saw everything. And, and luckily we didn't take the whole impact of the damage because i guess when the guy came out uh it turned he just saw a guy he said he saw the guy leave out the vehicle it looked like a a, a u-haul vehicle and it hit when it was going it was because the where it was coming from it's a downhill and i guess when he was going down it hit the bump uh, because of the corner and it instead of going straight towards us it turned right so most of the direct blast went that way instead of where it's supposed to go this way right so when it went that way, everything from that area obliterated, everything from this area obliterated. Um, a lot of civilian casualties. Definitely. Um, and I mean, uh, that, their goal wasn't just to attack yeah. us; it was to yeah. attack the infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, you went through that, and uh, then of course you guys realized that your orders were going to change as uh, mm-hmm. the, tick, the ticking of the clock started. The ticking of the clock started at that point, and uh, yep. hey, we we have to take Fallujah. And I'm going yeah. to show. I'm going to show a quick video here. Yeah, hope yeah, yeah. We'll be all right with it. Go ahead. New video of street to street fighting in Fallujah was released late on Wednesday. The footage shows U.S. Marines facing a resistance while advancing through the narrow streets of one of the neighborhoods of Fallujah. What? What? Hey, he's in the garage. Yeah, he's in there. We got families on the road. Everybody, frag out! Frag out! Uh, we thought that everything was clear. We had the guys on the roof, and uh, we went over to get that guy. We pulled back with the squad and they've got propelled to us and tried to shoot me. And then um, my body called through a crack at me. Uh, I tripped over a dead body, one of theirs, not ours, fortunately, uh, and I made, made it back here. Now we're trying to get the guy out, take care of business. Sergeant Fire is neutralized and they continue with their house to house clearing activity. Throughout the day, Americans hit the military with our street and market, as well as the insurgent stronghold of Jalan, one of several neighborhoods where troops were skirmishing with militants. At least 71 militants had been killed by early Wednesday, the third day of intense urban combat. 
As of Tuesday night, 10 U.S. troops and two members of the Iraqi security forces have been killed. Javier Salinas Associated. Oh, man. Oh, I mean, that was, I know that brought some flashbacks. So right Brendan, there. you're not fat. You need to it's the shirt. Stuff right there. Uh, again, I don't want you to Look at Nate. Uh, His true classic is tied around the chair. Well, that, it, it brings up it brings up uh, it brings up a point that I was I wanted to uh, bring up, and if you notice a lot when we're in there and when we shot inside a building, remember how the echoes is just bah, and you know, well, from the first VBID when I had, I was I was right by the window. I had slipped by the window, so whenever that happened to one of the Haditha, uh, somehow I made it in the middle, and I remember everything just coming. I was like. I don't know how long I was unconscious. It couldn't have been that long, but I remember everything coming back slowly. Like almost if you ever box and you got hit in the head or you got punched and everything goes white, and then you're like, holy shit, you can't see, can't see anything. Yeah. Yeah, And everything's just slow and everything was going slow. And then another bomb hit because they attacked the Iraqi, uh, 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 the ISF uh, security post down the streets. There's a lot of stories before that. And why I think we were attacked. It's, 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 well, anyways, back to the 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 point is with the mouth with the concussion blast, right? Now, uh, lately I've been studying, going to school for medical coding building, get my certifications. Uh, before I was working with the Veterans Evaluation Services, uh, helping veterans process their claims, getting everything if they need diagnostic diagnostic exams or anything. So basically, we're contracted by the by the VA and you know help the number of of course, we, we know we have a bunch of uh, veterans trying to put in the claims. And one of the main issues is the backlog, right? The backlog. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so going through this and everything, I've noticed and we've noticed, well, it, it all started with the discussion and, and with the endocrine gland with the human growth hormone. And, and one of the discussions was, you know, find a disease or condition, you know, that's related with from human growth hormone, tell the pros and cons, you know, this and that. Well, when I did my research, uh, I did come, uh, the first thing I looked, men's health, because I remember there was just one thing about uh, blast injuries or something. And there was a, a doctor by Charles Wilkinson, and he started this, this study back in, I believe it was 2011, that he wanted to, now the problem was, here's the problem. Uh, before 2022, before I, I, I say, because this is current now, something I just found out before October 1st, 2022, there was no code for blast injuries right. to the brain. There was blast injuries in the code for with the ICD codes that they use to, you know, for diagnostics and for uh, medical purposes and billing purposes and stuff like that. Uh, there wasn't no code for blast injuries. There was no black, no, nothing. So the study was barely touched on. Now, here's the problem. Here's the thing that Dr. Wilkinson uh, thought of. He says, well, the same symptoms that people experience with PTSD kind of overlap the same symptoms as people with uh, dysfunctions in their pituitary gland, most mainly the uh, anterior pituitary gland, if I remember right. And this is the the gland that's more associated to producing your growth hormones right. and other 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 hormones to keep balance within your your, your body homeostasis uh, 
Well, he came to a conclusion that they did the blast injuries. Well, let me go back a little bit. The traumatic brain injury cases from civilians, when they did blood work and, and all the above, they found they had a dysfunction and it hit the, the pituitary gland. And, you know, with, with, and most common was the lack of production of, of growth hormones. And, um, well, the same symptoms that you have from a lack of the growth hormones or from the productions or anything with related towards uh, a dysfunction, you know, of some of the hormones. And it wasn't only that, it was uh, oxytocin and some other ones. But it was, it's, like I said, it's, it overlaps almost the same symptoms as PTSD. Now, from my experience, uh, I went through so many medications. A lot of them were like, well, well, this doesn't work. Well, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This one, I'll zole off all that stuff. This and that. I, you know. Now, here's the deal. He, and then this, then this is until, uh, well, from the VA, on the research and development uh, from the VA, that now as, um, there is a new ICD-10 diagnostic code that will promote better care for veterans and others with blast injuries to the brain. Now, which this means that veterans now with like we just saw um a lot of those what i've experienced myself and being there a lot of a lot of the marines they experience a lot of these close uh even any soldiers and sailors not just marine, but as far as my point of view my guy they experience a lot of the blast injuries a lot of a lot of close i would say uh some even concussions and some of the stuff is just constantly even like when we just saw there inside the buildings that that loud i mean it doesn't seem much but when you're there and shooting around or anything inside a building like that, that shit that it's loud it's really loud and then especially with we had tanks there right we yeah. had the m1 abrams when they shot off oh you felt you felt the shock and all you felt it, it was just whoa and that it was, it was that close you didn't you just know? have the tanks you had the you had some tow missiles in there you oh had... yeah my tow gunner my, my gunner was a tow gunner right. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, the Marines. The Marines were still carrying light anti-tank weapons at the time, so a squad yeah. a squad member can come up with a, a law and and blast mm -hmm. that right in front of their brother. And mm -hmm. the noise, the noise was deafening to everyone around them. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Um, I guess uh, hearing loss is probably one of the biggest things for a lot yes. of yes. along yeah. with TBI, which was diagnosed way later. I mean, it's 2004. Mm -hmm. They weren't talking about TBI. In no. 2004, it wasn't until I was probably in Afghanistan, 2010, 11, when they started to actually say, "Hey, there's this thing called TBI," mm -hmm. and a lot of people didn't understand what that meant. And right until I got blown up in 2012, where, "Hey, you have TBI." I know mm -hmm. I don't. I'm good. I'm fine. It's the same stuff that happened all these other years. There's mm -hmm. no way I have something wrong with me. And you, as a medic, uh, I know you treated a lot of dudes and uh, that were hit with many things in that time, and then. Yes. Having to see it now on the other side, you can see, oh man, I maybe I wasn't trained properly, or maybe I didn't understand what was going on at the time because you were just a young dude, right? And right. in hindsight, it's twenty twenty, of course. Mm -hmm. So learning now, knowing now what TBI is, and seeing all the things you looking back to Fallujah or even to Haditha Dam when the, the police station explosion, you can actually look and close your eyes and say, well, damn. Everyone I was with has TBI. There's no way they don't right, have TBI. Right, right, right. And then, and then that's to me, and to me, because I'm still in, still in the medical field, to me, that's great news for veterans because that 
that that will improve as far as quality of care, you know, and and uh, and getting the right treatment. So as far as like, I think I have a, I have an appointment coming up soon, and that's something I'm gonna discuss, you know. As far as you know, see if I, you know, maybe I can get some blood work, you know, check this and that because she knows I've gone through so many meds. My psychiatrist, she knows I've gone through so meds. She knows I don't like taking medications. Uh, the most she she, she prescribes me now because I tell her, I don't I don't want to, no no way no I don't like I don't like the way I feel. I'm just I'm naturally hyper, you know. So and so she's gives me uh uh multivitamins and benadryl basically you know the 50 benadryl. milligrams yeah benadryl helps everything oh right? yeah oh yeah <laughs> you have benadryl. trouble sleeping popping you got a broken leg benadryl, benadryl. Awesome. change your change your socks make sure you change Hell your socks yeah. Change sock. <laughs> yeah so to me that's that's a great news because then going back uh, not only not only the quality of care and and the treatment that we'll be able to more focus on but also uh veterans now they're, they're they're able to be more specific in their claim and and i see this in perspective as working with uh with veterans evaluation services uh a lot of things that were a lot of claims and a lot of things that we're seeing and especially for the older generation um that i noticed was a lot of cardiovascular disease now get this a lot issues with the with with the pituitary gland say from traumatic brain injuries it increases the risk like it, low growth hormone production in your body of course naturally as we get older it goes away but we're talking about we're 25 we're, we're young and this right. is happening to these guys that that can increase, no way this is happening right it could increase the risk for uh, cardiovascular diseases right you know starting from ethereal sclerosis yeah and that's that occurs naturally, but you know, if we're putting stress and all that stuff in our veins, it's just increasing, you know, our you know, hardening our in our vessels, you know, arterial vessels. Right. So it's like I said, to me, that's that's good news. And this this that came out, it was just October 3rd, 2022. And I have here he's and this is uh, uh I kind of smirked at this and it's like, oh wow. But it says the new ICD-10 code for primary blast injury of the brain is necessary to understanding, diagnosing, treating, and better understanding the injury. Meaning, meaning we knew it was out there. Of course, they knew it was out there. But as a provider, I try to put myself in the provider's position. They're more focused as what's what's there. What are we allowed to diagnose? I can't just say this, but what code? Because we have to do a code. To, you know, right. we have to get Everything paid. We have, yeah, right. And so I think this opens up more, right? You know, as far as more research and more, you know, as far as uh, treatment plans, you know, well, as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah. Instead of having to run through somebody for a long time, and you know, some people like group therapy. Some people, you know, they, you know, they may feel they may feel it's almost like. They may feel something is wrong, right. but they feel they have their PTSD in control because, like I mean, you got to respect it. You got to know when it's coming on. But then there's other issues that come around like, oh, well, why, why the moodiness? Why, why is this? Why am I, I have trouble sleeping? And I never thought about it until I did my little research from school right. about the growth hormones. And sure enough, just, you know, 
uh, yesterday I found this, you know, when I went to the VA and I said, let me look at the update. Cause this study was done back in 2011 to 2013. Don't say 11, 13, big, big research period. Yeah. But sure enough, as time went by, it, he, he has his publications. He is publicized in one of the neuroscience uh, journals and uh, a lot of big, a lot of big, I would say, um, help from a lot of organizations, petitions to the CDC, you know, from the VA saying, hey, this needs to be a new diagnosis. This is something that we need to see because with uh, modern warfare, a lot of veterans, I would say veterans and I would say soldiers, Marines, anybody involved with modern combat, they're uh, exposed to a lot of these blast injuries. You yes. Know, a lot, a lot of this. Yeah. And the, the blast injuries we're exposed to now, are, they're no different than our the, those who came before us in World War II, right, right. Know, Vietnam, it's just more documented now. And uh, yeah. their their struggles have led to our findings as far as medical times right now. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a break right now, Chris, and uh, yes, we'll sir. be back in about 45 seconds. In a past life, he was himself. If opportunity knocks and he's not home, opportunity waits. He gave his father the talk. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer those Yankees. Stay thirsty, my friends. So welcome back to the Misfit Nation here with Chris Rueda out of Houston, a veteran of the U.S. Navy, veteran, a corpsman, green side corpsman and blue side corpsman, uh, Battle of Fallujah. We're talking about what he went through and what he's going through now. Uh, right now, if, if you're on, if you're on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, the more subscribers, the better, the better our reach is for our veteran family, the more we can help sure. them in the in the future. So. Chris, uh, again, thank you for being willing to come on here and share. Yeah, thank you. And uh, as you, you're, you've you transitioned now for a little while, and I know mm -hmm. you you got in, embedded into the VA system around, uh, I think, 2010, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've seen, I mean, it's from 2010 to, to where we are now, 2022, mm -hmm. you've seen the changes in the VA system in that time. I mean, when you yes. first went in there, it was, hey, here's this bag of pills do this this is all you need to do is take these pills and you'll be fine because we don't need to see you every week mm -hmm. now it's kind of they're kind of going to this holistic uh treatment period now mm -hmm. something that you even even when you went through corman school you weren't taught that stuff uh, the holistic approach to uh treating a, a soldier oh. a marine or a fellow uh, sailor mm -hmm. it was hey here's some motrin here's some benadryl right uh, some tape you're all right get back out there in the fight now it's hey, let's do this holistic approach where we don't necessarily rely on the meds, but we rely on other means to help you get through. What do you think about that advance now? Uh, well, uh, I think it's, it's it's of course it's always great. We're always advancing. Right. Um, could have been done sooner. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, uh, we you know could it could yeah, and I think it was around uh, in my personal experience and opinion and i think it was around 2006 when they finally started and i think it was the the shooting in fort bragg 
think it was in Fort Bragg in oh, North Fort Carolina. Fort Hood. Fort, Fort, Fort Hood. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. and it was around 2006, right? I think it was around that time, and, and then that's when it started becoming more mainstream, right? Media, and this is happening. This happened, so it was becoming more of a uh, an attention. You know, oh, a lot of we're having a lot of veterans coming back with issues. You know, and they, they just call it post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome. And and you're right, yeah. A lot of things were, hey, let, let's treat the symptoms because we're used, we're, we know this is what you're going through, depression, this and that. We're we're and and I and if I if I'm not a doctor, but uh, from what I see is that a lot of a lot of these medications, they're more the receptors, they're more targeting your 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 uh, serotonin levels, dopamine levels, you know, those receptors, you know, those that keep you, hey, I'm happy now. But it is not, it is not treating the underlying condition that leads right. to that. And then because, like we I mentioned before, the 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 uh, the um, hypo participant well, something like that. Well, anyways, the low production of hormones from the pituitary gland and PTSD, those two symptoms they overlap and they look the same. So it was, hey, we're we're, we're treating PTSD, but we're not we're not really looking into maybe hormonal levels there could be some other issue and whenever whenever dr wilkinson he did whenever he did the control study and he did have people who were deployed uh iraq and afghanistan those who were a group were, who were had multiple concussions with run bias injuries those who didn't and there was others that just didn't deploy and everything of course these guys didn't have nothing the guys maybe had so and so maybe small two percent but the other group that was more focused with the the uh, multiple concussions dave i would uh if i remember the numbers it was over 25 percent or 25 percent or 50 percent that the um that the symptoms of 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 that the, the the effects of the pituitary system that there was when they did blood tests you know they found you know a lot of the guys they didn't have they didn't produce enough hormones. They had issues with their, you know, as far as uh, I would call it overall hormone imbalance. Definitely. And so it's, 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 it's a lot to me. It's still new. I'm still looking at it. Uh, like I said today, it's something I'm going to bring up uh, with, with, with my doctor coming up and see, maybe this is a pro a, some, a different approach that we can do. Um, I do appreciate everything it did. Like there's, there's a lot of good things like the prolonged exposure deals, right? Have therapy, they have different kinds of therapies. They, you know, is, um, uh, I did go through the Rover program. It was like a one month inpatient, uh, wow. and, um, but like I said, I, 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 you know, for me personally, I've been through so much blast injuries that even, even that, like I said, even the slightest, the gunshot inside the building. I would kind of blank out a little bit. I would see white. <laughs> and that was, to me, that was something I kept inside of me that I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, shit, man, I can't see. You know, like, bing, like, oh, man, I better see. Oh, my. oh okay, it's back. Okay, that's back. Okay, fuck. Yeah. And, I mean, the things you went through and plus what you've been going through is as far as the different treatments that the VA is trying with you, with the yeah. prolonged exposure, the rover, it's it's kind of like um, they're trying to catch up now based on things that they've known for years. I mean, mm-hmm. when our grandfathers and dads came back from Korea, from World War II, Korea, mm-hmm. Vietnam, all that data 
didn't really catch up until we really went to war again in 2001. Yeah. They really weren't looking at it. So it was a hard time for them to catch up. And mm -hmm. a lot of the comments now is about the backlog that's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Within within the VA, I mean, Alex Nieves, uh, my brother from the 411 Chemical Company, a lot okay. of backlog with the VA processing claims and a lot of backlog yeah. okay. as a whole, processing a lot of things from regular HR stuff, still okay. processing retirements, the VA processing benefits, et cetera. It all gets, it's all gets bogged down. And we, we don't want to, we don't want to go in there and say, Hey, I understand what you're going through. We want you to help me now. And, yeah. and, and that's and the hard part right there. Cause a lot of our brothers and sisters that are coming out, they want, they want to be helped. They want to yeah. be, they want to feel like they're normal. Definitely. They're new normal. Yeah to come out now and just same you're feeling the same thing even though you were the guy that was supposed to take care of people mm -hmm. you have the same issues that those people you were taking care of mm -hmm. i mean you got the purple heart for a reason because you got blown up and when you get blown up things your perspective changes and like you said even now if you're if you're in a building you hear a boom it kind of messes you up if you're like the highways around houston there's so many loud vehicles that go drive around houston so many things that happen around houston it's insane the things that can happen in Houston. It's a, so yeah. many people, it's such a little place. And uh, those things can trigger you in a heartbeat, but we we still need to keep pressing forward. And right, right. What I think you've been doing all this time, and you're not alone, brother. And uh, yes, you need to understand you're not alone. And I, I love that you're doing research into everything, all your symptoms, you're researching it, and you're bringing it to your doctors. And that, that probably throws them off completely. So, yeah. Oh, this actually wants he wants help. He doesn't want drugs. He wants help. What and is, that's that's what we need to look forward to. Well, this 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 the game changer is this I, new ICD code ten because there it's going to be revised. What's already revised and they revise it every two years, uh, I believe. And they just revised it here coming up in October 22, 2022 for the twenty twenty three version, and 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 putting myself back into what I'm studying for health information management. Uh, and as a medical biller and coder, uh, I see it as they need that, you know, uh, and it's, it's in, in, in terms that I don't like to say, it's kind of to but say it blank, uh, plainly is that they knew it was theirs or something, but there's nothing really can, we can do about it. So we're going to call it, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome, but there's, 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 there's other symptoms, but it's not elsewhere classified in, in, right. in any seat, but then. This is a game changer because the 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 from from the VA, from other angels, from from Dr. Charles Wilkinson, his his studies and everything helped get help and help uh, install that new ICD-10 code, which is going to help not only uh, for expenses for treatment for the VA and and so and so course and now and, and only and also for uh, tracking down as far as for research and studies, you know. But also for veterans, from where they they can be now. This is for they could specifically be able to claim other these symptoms. If if you know, you know it's it's, right. it's it's to me like I said, it's like we're we're a lot of them probably a lot of us, especially that we've been in that, uh, especially with the infantry division, mortar men, especially mortar men. I know the guys because I used to go out with the those, uh, the eighty ones out out in the field with them uh i've held one you know fire holding on one fire even being around that that was loud even though you had your plugs being around the the, the just the blast initial blast from the 81s oh 
So even even stuff like that that I think maybe even corpsmen now that are that are active duty is maybe some things that they need to to be aware of to to look at to you know hey you know there should be screening for there should be immediate screen screening routine screening for blast concussions and that involves you know blood work let's check this let's make sure your your hormone levels because we don't want to think that oh you're just having post traumatic uh, stress syndrome hey you'll get over it don't worry you'll get over it just work 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 you know stay busy busy but we can only stay busy so long and until we just get angry and tired and you know then then by then we're just dis- just discredit veterans. <laughs> You're labeled as a discredit. Yeah, definitely. So, Chris, I mean, it's been great chatting with you here. And uh, yes, sir, thank you. How does someone get in contact with you if they want you to either talk about your journey or even just have you on their show as well? Yeah, no problem. Uh, I do have a, like I said, I don't really do social media. It's just, it's just something I don't. There's nothing wrong with it. I, you know, there's. You know, there's just pros and cons, but right. in my, in my, I have, do have a YouTube channel that I kept and that I, for me per, purposely, I probably want to try to just do it as far as a video blog. So just in case, you know, anything happens to me, you know, always, you know, my kids and family, my grandchildren, oh, that was grandpa day, you know, hopefully, but, but I do have yeah. there, should have my email in there with this okay. is C-R-U-E-D-A-F-M-F. 713 at gmail.com. So uh, you you should be able to find that there. I mean, that's that's, that's a unique email. I'll put it in the show notes for so people can find you if they want to talk to you. And even just to just to learn your journey, because, I mean, this is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. About 55 minutes, 45, 47 minutes of your journey. We we could probably go. journey, yeah. We could probably go through a whole watch with this and then look at it. Damn, it's already time to go. And uh, uh, raise your glass, man. Raise your Jim Beam up that you're drinking right now. Uh, cheers to you. Happy cheers birthday, to you. brother. Yes, sir. And to all your brothers and sisters that are out there. Let's sip it up here. Amen. Uh, thank you again, Chris, for being on. We'll go to the outro right now, and then we'll chat a little bit after. Thank you, Rich. Thanks for everything you do. All righty. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 